Speaking of masters, you're going to enjoy this next interview, this next story. Today, just as a preface, October 18th is Persons Day in this country. It is the anniversary of when the historic decision to include women in the legal definition of persons was handed down by Canada's highest court of appeal. That gave women the right to be appointed to the Senate and paved the way for women's increased participation in public and political life. Fast forward about a century and a recognition of the incredible contributions women and minority women have made, especially in traditionally male-dominated fields like science, tech, engineering, and math, has too often gone unnoticed, underreported, or at least unappreciated. But one physicist in Britain has worked for years to change that. Jess Wade has written more than 1,700 entries, bios, about long-ignored female scientists for the online encyclopedia Wikipedia. Her work has had a big enough impact that she was awarded the British Empire Medal for Service to Gender Diversity in Science back in 2019. She too, of course, is a scientist. And Jess Wade, a physicist in the Blackett Laboratory at Imperial College London, Blackett Laboratory, rather, at the Imperial College in London, and a prolific and popular contributor to our better understanding of women in science via Wikipedia, joins me now. Jess, thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And I apologize for any background noise. I'm <laughs> actually in the lab at the moment, so I have good excuses. You're a busy professional, of course, as always. Um, tell me a bit about what you do, because you, you're doing some really interesting work these days that um, on some stuff that um, that sounds very, very topical. Yeah, I work on new materials for optoelectronics devices, so devices that emit or absorb light, so things like LED displays or solar panels. But at the moment, I'm particularly interested in trying to control the chirality of those materials, so the way that they curve to try yeah. and control their quantum properties. Where would we see those used? I mean, if you were to, um, where, where, where might we see your work? Sure. Kind of long term, we're, we're interested in making new kinds of devices for things like sensors or maybe bioimaging systems using these materials that have extraordinary precision and sensitivity. Now, your background, your parents are both on the on the medical side of things, but you come from a family of, where there was a lot of science around you. Yeah, and I think that's kind of really critical in shaping how young people see themselves as being able to become scientists or engineers. You know, my parents were both doctors, but I had absolutely sensational physics and chemistry teachers. And we kind of had that science excitement in my house growing up. You know, we discussed it at dinner. We watched television programs about science. And I think we kind of forget that now, how important that is in shaping who becomes a scientist. It must have also um, had an impact on you when you started to look around at what other people in your shoes who didn't have the same uh, background might might not have in terms of encouragement or at least role models to look up to. Yeah, it completely did. It really, you know, when I got to university and I realized that, you know, you look around you when you're studying a subject like physics or engineering and you see that actually the majority of people are men and the majority of those actually are white men and they're pretty much all quite privileged white men. And then you start to think about how lucky you had been to be supported to get to that position, to have that opportunity. And I guess that kind of luck and that realization that I had this huge privilege really inspired me to want to go and and to kind kind of try and give that to everyone else. Yeah. Tell me about when you began the Wikipedia project. Uh, how did it start? Yeah, I actually started, um, well, I started working on kind of anything related to diversity and representation. Probably during my undergrad and PhD, I realized that I had this immense luck and this immense privilege, and I wanted to 
take that ma- magic and that excitement and that opportunity to others. And really then I was kind of going to high schools and speaking about science and, you know, trying to fit into a school day and tell everyone I cared about the materials I was working on or what kind of places we had in our lab. But then it became something kind of much more than that. And I thought, actually, you know, I'm limited in the number of kids I can reach if I'm just going into a classroom or doing a science club at Imperial on the weekend. How about I could take it further? And and I think the Internet gives us this kind of huge power to do that. So I really got into kind of thinking about how we weave the stories of scientists from historically marginalized groups into our teaching and our training and the way that we talk about who does science and why science is done. So it's kind of you know, going out, giving these talks, telling them about all of these awesome women scientists. And then I thought I need to tell this on a bigger platform. And and then I landed on Wikipedia, which is pretty much the biggest storytelling platform there is. It's a remark. I mean, Wikipedia is a remarkable tool because it is in some ways very democratic, although we will talk about this. It isn't as democratic as one might imagine at some points. Where did you start to find the research? I mean, to look up the people you were going to profile, uh, what did you try to focus on and, and and how did you come up with the stories themselves? Because it is hard to find a lot written sometimes about people who are underrepresented, clearly. Yeah, I mean, the, the critical thing to say is that women and, and people of colour are very underrepresented in the biographies of Wikipedia, not because they're not brilliant and not because they're not outstanding, but because no one's taken the time to write those pages. So actually pulling together the resources and finding their stories and, and putting it all into kind of a coherent science narrative isn't isn't that hard. It's just kind of like one of those things, you know, I'm trained as a scientist to do a literature review, so to as- assess a topic quite quickly. And in doing that, you have a whole bunch of sources. You may have, you know, I'm sure your listeners may be familiar with opening an internet browser and having a whole bunch of tabs open. But my tabs are just kind of chronicling a person's life. <laughs> um, and so I started very much um, focused on things I knew I could write about easily. So things like physics and chemistry. And then I kind of realized very quickly if I was going to write about women physicists in the UK, I was really limited to to, to again, incredibly white dominated um, physics culture we have here. So I started looking further afield, you know, internationally, different subjects, different backgrounds, different disciplines, you know, not contemporary, but also historical. And, and really, on the one hand, it's this big service, you know, and you're writing up these biographies and that's it's great to get these women celebrated and shouted about and used in textbooks and, you know, school presentations. But on the other hand, I have this extraordinary opportunity every night to sit down and learn about a whole new thing or a whole new university or a whole new kind of time in history. And, and I find that really exciting. So I'm kind of buzzing when I'm writing them as well as when I'm seeing those people be honoured. Yeah, the, the passion is clear. I mean, I think that's what makes them so engaging is that if you have to, you have to, if it was just an exercise in trying to write these bios in volume, I think it would probably have landed differently. But the idea that you put a lot of time and passion into telling the stories of, of, uh, of different science, of different scientists who've been un- under recognized in the past is, is in of itself fascinating. Tell me about some of the ones that really lit it up for you uh, to use a term that probably isn't very scientific. I mean, the, yeah, the, the biggest page for me just on how much it's shaped how I think about representation, but also how much we can change things with narrative is an engineer called Gladys West. She's actually a mathematician. And she was she was born in 1930 in Virginia. She she studied maths at a historically black college and university. And then she went off and became a school teacher for maths. So she was teaching in a high school. And then she ended up working for the US government on the early calculations for GPS. And there were loads of kind of 
parts of her story, which are, you know, the first woman to be in this department, one of very few African-Americans to be in this department, you know, huge, huge barriers that she completely overcame. And when I started to put together this page at kind of the beginning of 2018, there was, there was scant information about her online. You know, it really took a lot of searching and then it was built on by other incredible Wikipedia contributors who expanded it and it grew and it was translated into all of these different languages and you know all of these exciting things are happening and then a few months after I put the page up the BBC put her into their top 100 women in the world so suddenly everyone everyone is clicking on this Wikipedia page and because Wikipedia is brilliant you can track all of the numbers so you could see how many page views this is getting an hour and then a few months later um, she was she was inducted into the U.S. Air Force Hall of Fame. So suddenly we had all these incredible photographs of her we could use online. Then in 2020, you know, the year of sadness in so many ways, The Guardian, our big national newspaper in the UK, did a huge profile on Gladys West. And then actually last last year, 2021, the Royal Academy of Engineering, the big, you know, prestigious engineering institute in the UK, awarded Gladys West the Prince Philip Medal and Prize and she's the first woman in the history of the award and and she's a um you know a 90 year old African-American mathematician from Virginia I think it's just the most perfect kind of testament to how these brilliant people are there we just need the world to celebrate them more it is I mean I, I it, it must have been what to come full circle for you too having sort of started to tell that story and have you spoken to her I managed to have a Zoom with her because I was talking about her to some organization and they said, oh yeah, let's have a Zoom. And then uh, lo and behold, it was a Zoom with Janice West. It was honestly like, you know, it was like meeting royalty for me. You must have been starstruck, yeah. I I was completely starstruck and I was kind of buzzing and I had to go and speak to my mom and be like, I don't know what I'm going to say or do. You've now written, is it it 1,600 or is it more now Wikipedia entries? Gladys West obviously being one of them. Yeah, yeah, I've written about 1,750. And where do you continue to find the inspiration for them? I, I mean, you must be getting suggestions now, I would assume. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> in the past few days, in the past few days, especially, I've had a lot of people emailing me, including a lot of men emailing me saying, I'll pay you to make my Wikipedia page, which is the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do. Um, so maybe if anyone's listening, don't get that idea. How is it for you balancing both your career as a scientist and being this voice in many ways, this person who's become a voice? for other scientists past and present? Oh, I mean, so many people do it so much better than me. I think, I mean, I just try, you know, I, I get such a kick out of doing science and doing experiments and being around students. I work at Imperial College in London and it's, you know, one of these fantastic hubs of science and technology and everyone I work with is so creative and inspired and the students are so brilliant that it's kind of never a dull moment when you're on campus. So when I'm on campus, I just try and squeeze in as much interaction with students and also as much experiments as I can and then and then when I'm off campus I'm, I'm trying to well either analyze data or, or progressively make science a better place both parts of it are so critical for me and I think I think the scientific community is moving in the same way that for, for subjects like physics and chemistry and engineering to be as brilliant as they could be we truly, truly need contributions from everyone in the world for us to serve those societies. Um, tell me, but there's been some, not controversy, but there's been a, there was pushback, right, over time. Where does that come from? I think kind of historically, Wikipedia has been mainly contributed to by a particular demographic of people. You know, it was born at the beginning of the internet. You had phenomenal people like Jimmy Wales kind of lightening the world with this opportunity to have a democratized open source platform for knowledge sharing. I mean, it, it, could you imagine something 
as formidable. And I really, I truly think that it was the ingenuity of it is when it began, you know, at the beginning of the internet, when there was that trust, when people were willing to give up their time to make something that was really wonderful without getting a huge amount of credit for what they were doing. And so an awful lot of Wikipedia kind of senior administrators and editors are from that time. And at that time, the majority of people on the internet were men and they were mainly on the Northern Hemisphere. Actually, there was a huge, a huge overrepresentation of North America. And as a result, they write pages about kind of things they're interested in. And that's, you know, battleships and, and football teams and obscure villages. And, yes. and those pages are pretty brilliant on Wikipedia. Unfortunately, and um, kind of historically, women minorities really underrepresented and pages about, you know, the global South. And, and truly, it's, it's not because anyone's evil or has bad intentions. It's because either their contributions were overlooked or actually, it's really hard to find the references to pull together that list of citations because these people don't get the credit they're due. So if they're not written about in newspapers or given major awards or inducted into big societies, it's really hard to put together a biography that's built on those secondary sources. You know, Wikipedia isn't a primary site. I can't go on there and just write a story. I need no. to back everything up with a citation. So yeah, at first, my kind of over-enthusiasm for telling these stories definitely um rustled a few feathers mm -hmm. but actually i think i think now i've learned how to tell them better so i've learned how to use a few fewer adjectives when i'm describing absolutely incredible people but also i think that you know the community is changing like with every other aspect of society that as people start to to recognize the value of um diversity you start to get a lot more people and a lot the kind of rules shift a bit and i guess gladys west would be a perfect example of that. Jess Wade, thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating. Thank you so much for having me.